This is Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast, episode number 71. Today, we have two very special guests on our podcast, Faith Roberts and Ramona Cheek. These two ladies are the epitome of strong, healthy relationships, and in today's episode, they share their insights and strategies for creating and sustaining healthy relationships and work cultures. You don't want to miss it. Hi, healthcare leaders. I'm Tracy Christofferson. And I'm Michelle Trosett. We're your hosts for Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast, and we are so grateful you joined us today. You're about to see healthcare problems and challenges through a brand new lens and take your leadership to a whole new level with this podcast. We've coached healthcare leaders from across North America for over 30 years as they strive to establish healthy healing organizations and thriving work cultures. This is the only podcast that shows healthcare leaders how to apply polarity thinking, the missing logic in healthcare to their reoccurring challenges so they can stop wasting time, money, and resources on fixes that fail. If you want to create a healthy healing organization where staff and leaders thrive and perform at their highest level, where values are aligned, outcomes are sustainable, and the highest quality of care is delivered, then this podcast is for you. Keep listening. Each week, you're going to learn how to leverage a polarity mindset and manage competing priorities as we use a polarity lens to explore everyday challenges with the leaders who are striving to manage them. We're thrilled you're here. Hi, this is Tracy. And this is Michelle. How awesome is that? I know. <laughs> Here we are again. Tracy and Michelle. On Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast. Another awesome episode. A great interview. Uh, so good. So I know, good. These are so energizing. They are. You know, just to make you feel good all over. <laughs> <laughs> Every single one. And today was uh today was phenomenal. Well, longtime friends, colleagues, kindred spirits. Yep. Faith and Ramona. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Faith and Ramona, they are two awesome uh, nurse leaders and they're BFFs. <laughs> like us. Like us. But I'm not a nurse leader. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they have a wonderful relationship. And of course, we talk a lot about healthy relationships. And so it was just a natural thing to reach out to them and interview them and have them be you know, on our podcast. Yeah. They, they really are uh, remarkable. Yeah. A long time relationship over distances. Yeah. Right. And they share a lot about that. And it's just kind of fun to learn their story and hear from their wisdom yeah. of all these years of healthy relationships and working in healthcare organizations and yeah. So we know some of you know Faith and Ramona and you are looking forward to hearing this. And uh, for those of you that haven't met them, we can't wait for you to meet them. And so we're going to do just a little intro to each of them so you know a little bit about their background. Um, I'm going to start out by introducing Ramona. Ramona Cheek is the Chief Nursing Officer for Mercy Health Fairfield Hospital, the only Mercy Health Hospital in the Cincinnati area that's been designated a magnet hospital. And the Magnet Recognition Program recognizes organizations for quality patient care, nursing excellence, and innovations in professional nursing practice. Ramona started her nursing career as a medical surgical staff nurse at Mercy Hospital in Urbana, Illinois. 
And while at Mercy Hospital, she grew and developed her skills and expertise in nursing, serving as a nurse manager, nurse educator, patient educator, and eventually med surge clinical nurse specialist. Let me say that again, clinical nurse specialist, (laughs) specializing in diabetes education and wound and ostomy management. Uh, She left Mercy Hospital. She went to Covenant Medical Center in uh, Spartansburg Regional Medical Center in Spartansburg, South Carolina. And eventually she found her way back to the Midwest and uh, she returned to Illinois to serve as the manager of quality and special projects at Carl Foundation Hospital in Urbana. She then became the director of quality and ended her tenure at Carl, serving as the chief nursing officer and vice president of patient care and quality. Ramona received her bachelor's degree in nursing from the Illinois Wesleyan University. And by the way, she just received the 2020 School of Nursing Distinguished Alumni Award. Congratulations. Really recently. And she has a master's in adult health from nursing from the University of Illinois, Chicago. Wow. So that's Ramona. All right, that's Ramona. That's one half. One half of the equation. One half of the equation. Here's the other half. <laughs> and this is Faith Bresnan Roberts. She speaks across the United States, Canada, and the UK on topics close to every care provider's heart. If you haven't heard her speak, you're really missing out. She's a storyteller. She is. Currently, she's the Executive Director of Spiritual Care and Faith Community Nursing for Carl Foundation Hospital and Carl Physician Group. Faith has been a nurse for 40-plus years. Wow. She is a co-author of the AACN Core Curriculum of Subacute Care and has also published on the socialization of nurses into the profession, Burns and Sexuality, Communication and Collaboration, Process Dynamics, Spirituality, Generational Differences, Prayer and Presence. Man, she covers a lot of area. She's got a broad stroke. She does. (laughs) (laughs) She's given over 3,800 presentations on the state, national, and international level. 3,800. That's a lot of talking. It is. That's a lot of stories. (laughs) You go faith. All right. So without further ado, here's our incredible interview with Ramona and Faith. Well, welcome, Faith and Ramona. We are super, super, super thrilled to have the two of you in our podcast today. Yes, we are. Yes. And we like to start... uh, with some fun banter. And we would really like to know how the two of you first met. Now, Tracy and I, we share the story quite frequently that we met at hospital orientation. You know, it was in the big auditorium when they stand up and say, turn around and shake the hand of the person behind you. And wasn't I blessed to have Tracy be the person behind me? And we've been shaking hands ever since. And we'd like to know your story about how the two of you met. Okay, well, we were at, um, it was during a hospital setting, it was a Mercy Hospital picnic, and um, I was just roaming around, and all of a sudden, this strawberry blonde little boy, at about the age of seven, came up to me and said, hello, my name is Blake Roberts, I believe you know my mother, and would you like to have this dance? And I fell instantly in love and knew I had to know who raised this man, this little boy that I (laughs) fell instantly in love with. And that was how we really met. Oh, how about that? What a matchmaker. Yeah. (laughs) 
Wow. Well, that almost tops our story. It does. Yeah. <laughs> All right. He it's was. a competition now. <laughs> yeah. Self-confidence. You just should have seen him. I can still remember it like it was yesterday. Oh, wow. Oh, that's a great, that's a great story. So we didn't know the answer to that. And that's why we asked it. We really want to know how the two of you met. Now, Tracy and I, we love movies. We love watching movies all the time. And there's a line from Tom Hanks' movie, Forrest Gump, that reminds us of the two of you. And it's when he says, from that day on, we was always together. Jenny and me, we was like peas and carrots. (laughs) (laughs) And that's when we think about you guys, because it's like, when I see Faith, it's like, well, where's Ramona? And when I see Ramona, well, where's Faith? (laughs) And you two have an amazing relationship. And it's been so much fun interacting with the two of you throughout the years. And, you know, we, we, we call each other peas and carrots. And when we golf, we're peas and carrots. We're peas and carrots pretty much wherever we go. (laughs) Today, we're just peas. Today, we're just peas. (laughs) We got the same shirt on. Yeah, but it reminds us of being able to live the principles of healthy relationships exceptionally well. And, you know, it's really special when you have that relationship that you just, it's so easy to live it. And um, Tracy and I have a dynamic balance effect framework for healthcare leaders to live resilient and balanced lives. And we also teach it in our healthy healing organization, H2O framework for healthcare organizations uh, to really help them have that positive, healthy work culture. And so the principles of healthy relationships are a core principle. And just to remind our listeners, because this podcast is going to be all about relationships, you can listen to podcast number 50, where we talk about the principles of intention, being mission-driven, having equal accountability, seeing the uh, potential in others, having balance, and ultimately trust. So we just thought that'd be helpful to remind our listeners about uh, those principles. And um, so we let's just start from the top. You know, We would love to hear from you on some of the intentional ways the two of you have kept such a strong relationship. I mean, it's, I don't know how old your son is now, Faith, but, you know, (laughs) I know it's been a few years ago. (laughs) Um, And let's start with you, Faith. You know, how have you kept your relationship strong with each other? Um, I think without a doubt, we share a history, uh, even before we met each other, uh, we both had very strong models in our own mom's about the importance of relationships with other women. And um, so I do believe that you model what you see. And so it's always been important uh, to both of us to have good relationships. Uh, Primarily, though, um, as a friend with another female, that makes a huge difference in how I approach my career. I will tell you that I look at Mona and I as kindred souls from the very beginning. Uh, There's an authenticity there that I think in most healthy relationships, that's what you see as an authentic relationship. And, um, you know, when I thought about this, I was struck with the fact that we started in a hospital in Illinois. Then Mona left and she went halfway across the country. Thank you very much. (laughs) Then she came back to Illinois. Then she went to um, Ohio. I mean, we have not always lived in the same place. But while she was far away, uh, the intention, without a doubt, was that uh, we would talk every day. And no matter, uh, you know, raising three children, I think I was a Girl Scout leader that year. 
um, she had a brand new role in a whole different type of healthcare, different culture. And no matter what, we spoke every day. And sometimes those calls weren't long and sometimes they were. But I do notice that if you have a touch point in a healthy relationship, that that communication is key. We don't have to talk every day now. We don't. Uh, but we also know each other well enough that one of us calls, I drop everything, she drops everything. Um, and I think the other thing is that when you grow in a relationship, there is a maturity there. Um, but I think people put so much in healthcare about power. And the reality is, if it's going to be a healthy relationship, it's about influence. And that's what I've learned a great deal from uh, Ramona as a colleague and as a friend is uh, how you can influence people. And, um, and, I, and I hope to think she's learned that from me too. I think we both know the power of story. And, um, and I think that a lot of times when you hear us laughing, it's because we can go back to a day uh, 30 years ago and um, remember that moment in the education classroom at Mercy Hospital, and we remember exactly that that feeling. So not every healthy relationship has to go on for 30 years. But when you do have a long one, it's that power of story and reminiscence that's big. So <clears throat> I'm freaking out just a little bit because, you know, you would think that Faith and I would have gotten together to kind of talk <laughs> about the questions that you gave us, right? And we didn't at all. <clears throat> and exactly what I wrote in my notes were, um, it, it's evolved to where it is now. When we first met, when I lived um, in Illinois together, we would have, and I don't know how we got into the routine, but I probably was at Faith's house every, every night. Every day, probably, I think, or pretty close to it. And then when I moved to Spartanburg, um, we talked every day. And so much, it was such a routine that I would come back from work, I would take a nap and sleep so that, because I knew that we would be on the phone for hours late at night. And so it was very intentional and we talked every day. I mean, and then when I came, I moved back to Illinois, we saw each other pretty frequently. I would say, you know, two or three times a week um for a while and then um when i've moved to ohio we we don't get to see each other that much we don't even really talk we don't talk every day we don't text every day um but i think um it's faith is right on it, it it's just that that power we don't need to do that um um i know one time faith said you know i, I i'm not i'm not married and i don't have children um, and I'm blessed to, um, that Faith let me um, be have a mother role with her children. I've loved that. But one time when I was lamenting that I never found my soulmate, she looked at me and said, but I'm your soulmate and Bruce is your soulmate. And that has really resonated. And that's been true. I think we are each other's soulmate. Mm. Oh, that's a great story. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. And I, I, you know. It is one of those things, too, that when you do connect, it's like no time has gone by. And what a foundation you two have set by being so close, so frequent in the beginning. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 yeah we've, we're truly blessed. Like you two. You two have that same, yeah. that same relationship. So mm -hmm. you can definitely identify. Yeah. She moved away to Arizona. I but then did. she came back. <laughs> I'm back. Three hours away, but I'm back. 
I still go away in the winter, though. (laughs) (laughs) But I think, too, you grow into each other, right? Exactly. It's like a marriage. You're growing up together, right? And and you're there to share the struggles Mm -hmm. and the celebrations. And it's all that history, that fabric that's, you know, weaving you together, really, right? All those experiences that weave you together and strengthen you, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the two of you used to work for the same organization, right? And and there you were laser twice. focused mm-hmm. twice. Say, yeah, twice. Wow. Oh. All right. And and you were laser focused on kind of creating a common mission to improve care at that was it the first organization? I would say at both. Oh, at mm-hmm. both. Ah, awesome. Yeah, the first one is when we first met you. Um, Michelle, and the second one was uh, Ramona became the chief nursing officer, ah. and um, I came over to start the Faith Community Nursing Program. So they were two very different facilities, but both were great. Oh, yeah. great! Yeah, yeah. And I think you know one of the things that we were interested in talking about is now that you work at different organization, kind of what is your shared passion today? Kind of your shared purpose so to speak. I, I think that one of our shared purposes is our, our focus and our love for the profession that we're in and, and the people that we serve. And, and I think that that has, has remained steady. Um, we're, we're both nurses um, and we've loved being nurses. We've loved that journey in nursing. We've, we've both had different roles in nursing. I mean, we've enjoyed that. Um, I think it's, it's, and Faith has already talked about telling the stories and you guys know that Faith is an exceptional storyteller. Uh, You know, no one, no one can tell a story better than Faith. Um, And every year, um, I think we contribute to the, 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 our body of stories that we have Um, and that commonality that we have and that, that shared purpose about the profession and the, and, and the people and the patients that our profession serves, I think, keeps us focused. Um, and I think that there's other things that we do. One of the things, as I was thinking about it, is how do we remain, have that commonality still? And one of the things that, I'll just share another story, is that um, for Christmas, since I've moved away I'm in Ohio, um, Faith's Christmas present to me is to come and to throw my Christmas party for um, the management staff that I work with. So she comes and does everything. She does all the planning, all the shopping, all the cooking. She does everything for it. And she gets to meet all those people that I work with, that I spend time with. And so then when I talk about what's happening, she knows them. She knows their story. And that helps build that common link that we have. And I never thought about it that way until you gave us that question. But that is absolutely something. And and they all know faith. So that when I talk about faith, everyone that I work with in my other life, knows her Mm, that's great that is great (laughs) yeah yeah well i I would um just follow that up with um you know in the first answer what i said about we both have very strong moms and um the other thing is we both attended uh i went to school in iowa and ramona went to school in illinois uh but we both attended very strong nursing programs at uh, private colleges where nursing was the forefront of the the school. And um, 
I know that has, uh, in the beginning when I talked about we've grown over the years, you know when you come out, you're going to change the world. Um, and then all of a sudden you realize you're going to have to take smaller bites uh, <laughs> to make things happen. I've always known that our um, vision for patient care was in alignment. Um, I will tell you there has we don't go very long at all before one of us will say, and where was the patient's story? Mm-hmm. It is uh, a shared purpose. Um, and the longer I'm in nursing, the more I realize in the beginning, I was all about, can this uh, professional tell the patient's story? Can they tell it? Can they tell it? And now I realize, can other people hear it? Can people really hear what happens on that patient's journey? You know, just when I think, okay, we've got it. We're all telling the story. I always have to say, but who's hearing it? Who's listening to it? And um, I think a lot of times in our conversation, that um, that shared passion is there for both telling a story and then being able to hear it. Um, because in healthcare and leadership, sometimes it's very hard to hear the story because there were so many hiccups along the way that we're frustrated with, why can't we get this to work? Instead of just take a moment and hear the story, and then we'll figure out how we can fix things. Um, nursing is historically find it, fix it. And I think the more you grow in a healthy relationship, you realize I'm not going to fix everything, but how can I make this this journey for patients here? How can I make it easier? Yeah, it's yeah. a both and, right? That's right. It's telling the story and hearing the story. That's yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you're telling it if nobody's listening. <laughs> That's right. Or the, or the yeah. right people need to listen too, That's right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, another question we wanted to ask you is that, you know, one of the key principles of a healthy relationship is balance. Tracy and I spend quite a bit of time talking about balance these days. Um, And it's really about having harmony in relationships with yourself and with others. And we thought uh, it'd be really great to hear from you about, you know, speaking to the importance of that, about being in relationship with yourself before you can be in a healthy, harmonious relationship with others, and maybe even share some tips with us and our listeners about that. So, Faith, let's start with you. I always think of, uh, of the way you approach uh, the relationship as, as we focus on leadership and healthcare. It is, to me, it is that ride to work that sets the tone for me. And, you know, sometimes I say I pray for wisdom on the way home and I pray for forgiveness on the way back, right? But (laughs) it's just getting the idea that once I get in the car, I need to be intentional about what I'm thinking. Who's my first appointment? Who do I work with today? What do I need to get across to someone? And to me, if I'm not strong in who I am and what my gifts are, um, people pull back from the word pride. But you know what? It's about seeing value in your work. And so I see value in the work that I do. I know what I'm strong at. So today, who do I need to hold in my heart so that we can get the outcome that we want to get? Something Um, I do, uh, definitely in my own life, I find uh, prayer helps. It's the most intimate communication someone has 
with their higher power. And um, so I do try on the way to work to, to pray and think about that calendar. Um, and then always, uh, before someone comes in my office, if at all possible, I like to just close the door and take a breath. If I can make myself ready to receive whatever they have. Sometimes it's great news and that's awesome. But a lot of times in the role of a leader, they're bringing new their issues and their problems. And I need to, um, if I don't do those things, then I'm not going to be in touch with myself. I'm going to go home, be frustrated, angry. Um, and, and you know, it, it hit me writing this, that just this past weekend, Ramona was home from Ohio and um, I had an experience at work that was very tough and painful and a uh, great, wonderful husband, but he didn't get health care, right? <laughs> and uh, Ramona was just like, we'll go to lunch. We went to lunch and I kept thinking, oh, I don't want to bring, you know, and then I finally just like regurgitated on her and her advice was so spot on and it was about... Um, make sure you respect the personhood of this colleague. I was caught up with, oh, I don't know how this is going to, oh, this could be negative. And the minute she said personhood, that brought me to where I needed to be. Mm -hmm. When I look at, it is about getting along with people at work and sometimes with those tough messages, oh my gosh, it's too easy to get kind of disconnected. And when she gave me that advice, it, it rang true. Um, I'll tell you something I've always noticed about Ramona at work that makes me smile is she doesn't use overhead lighting. She always has lamps and soft lighting in her office. And that has, of course, me, I got every light on. And it's just to me, it's always so calming when I when I go in there. I am a bear at work about devices. I really have little to no tolerance for them. Um, and I think it's very hard for people to understand that you're asking, when you multitask like that, you're not even respecting yourself. I didn't respect the person I'm talking to, and I'm not respecting the person whose text, you know, that I'm reading. And I guess um, the other thing um, that I had down was just, I think that we prize frenetic activity in today's workplace. And if we could take our American work week from 40 to 55, we would. Um, people just thrive on just no barrier. And the reality is when people talk about balance, somehow they think it's equal. The reality is if you're balanced, when I'm at work, I'm at work. And when I'm home, I'm home. And there's a big difference there. And um, I see in novice healthcare leaders that real struggle of what, where do I go? What do I do? And it's like, well, you don't have to do that at home at night. Be with your family, be with yourself, do the mm -hmm. things you want to do. There's always going to be work. Oh, yeah, there's always something to do. <laughs> no <laughs> doubt about that, or that needs to be done, right? Um, I think one of the things for me with maintaining healthy that healthy relationships is, is, is that self-awareness and knowing yourself. And I think that the first part... Of, of my faith and I met when we were in our twenties, um, and you know we're we're not anymore. <laughs> um, so um, and and it's just being able to know yourself more. And I I've had the 
incredible privilege of, of meeting and having meeting someone who um, early in my career, um, um, who I think you guys might know, um, a woman by the name of Bonnie Wasorek, <laughs> who really brought just, she just opened up a whole new world. I can remember first meeting her um, and it was Faith that first met her and then said, this is someone that you've got to hear because she will change your life. And she did. Um, and that's where I started my journey of learning myself and loving myself um, and being open to that. And I think that that's what makes the difference in healthy relationship is knowing, just kind of knowing yourself and being self-aware and being able to love yourself with that, um, to know that you're, you're not perfect. I think when I started off, I wanted to be everything to everyone and that burned you out. And now it's... Um, I, I know my imperfections and I think, you know, those that are closest to me in faith certainly knows my imperfections. She knows what I'm thinking before. She can tell by looking at me before I've even <laughs> registered where I am and what I'm thinking and what I'm going through. And it's pretty amazing. Um, but I think being that way and being vulnerable makes a huge amount of difference in being able to maintain those 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 healthy relationships and liking yourself. I think once you like yourself and, and um, forgive yourself for for being who you're, for your weaknesses, um, that that opens up a whole new world where you can open, love other people and their imperfections. Oh, that's so well said. Yes, yeah, I love Michelle's imperfections. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of interesting because we're we're very opposite. Oh, we are so opposite. We're very opposite. So yeah, we we embrace each other's opposite strikes <laughs> yeah 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 we i would do. say in some ways we're opposite in some ways we're not now i'm i'm very patient in some things and we'll stick with something if there's a you know when faith is like okay i've worked on that for about two seconds i'm bored i'm gonna go to the next thing you know so there's there but it, it, it it's a perfect blending yeah. yeah well i think what's important is the things that we care about that matter most Right, our purpose and and mm -hmm. our values yeah. and those things is where we're very aligned. But very who we are, strong. how we operate on a day to day basis is you know pretty different. So, but it's in a good way. Right? It works because yeah. we're a walking yeah. polarity. We have we need each <laughs> other, right, to balance each other out, and so it, yeah. it's just perfect for us. But let's talk. We've talked about us as individuals, right? And you as individuals. So let's let's expand the healthy relationships out into the entire healthcare organization. And of course, this is culture stuff, right? The the hard stuff. Uh, people think it's you know they call it soft, but it's hard. <laughs> it's not the sexy stuff, that's for sure, right? Um, and we know, you know, you can't create a healthy work culture without healthy relationships. It's the cornerstone of it, as Bonnie taught all of us, right? Yep. So tell our listeners just ways that you've cultivated healthy relationships across your organizations, how it's impacted the culture in those organizations. And Ramona, how about we start with you? I think one of the ways that um, I've impacted um, healthy relationships here at um, Mercy Fairfield is just my true enjoyment of people that are different. Um, one of the first stories that Bonnie introduced me to that made a big difference to me was um, my father in the lima beans that talked about community and how the different people contributed to that community. 
And I think that that is something that I learned early on that just really makes a difference in that you bring really different people together with different talents and show an openness and an enjoyment for that. And when people, and gosh, the energy and, and the synergy that that creates is just awesome to bring people from different backgrounds, different professions, different viewpoints to work on a common goal. And, and we're lucky in healthcare in that our common goal is so easy. It's, it's the patient. Um, and, and where you go from there and what you get from that. I mean, it's, it's, um, you're able to move mountains with that, with that synergy and energy and respecting those differences. And I think that that's how we, that true enjoyment of, of bringing that difference together is how I've been able to maintain it. Wow, that's great. The great example, that's mm-hmm. Paula Underwood's work. Yes. The father, yes. father and the lima beans is a great story. Mm-hmm. It's a great story. We've had uh, uh, faced many nursing at uh, Carl, where I work since 1997, and we use that uh, story in every single class we have taught. It is, it, it just defines so many different attributes of diversity and also, um, it, it's just an amazing story. And I will always remember seeing her at yes. and <laughs> talk about a storyteller. Yes. And, you know, she was powerful. Um, I think one of the things that I, I, I like to think uh, that definitely my gift or strength in nursing is the specialty of nursing nurses, okay? And so many times what I uh, do is I notice, um, you know, if someone tells me the new grad class that I just spoke with, someone didn't make their NCLEX, that to me is someone that I put on my calendar that I'm going to go to there for and just stop them in the hall and let them know, you know what? You don't even have a piece of paper long enough to tell you all the wonderful nurses here didn't pass the first time, you're going to be okay, right? Um, I think it's important to, when I think of how we can impact healthy relationships, a lot of times for me in healthcare, it's to look out for the left out. There Mm. are departments and leaders that a lot of people just take for granted and don't think about. One that always comes to my mind is biomed, okay? (laughs) So we have these incredibly smart mechanical engineers, electrical engineers, this whole department, and most of us only know if the color of the sticker is right on the pump and have no idea. And so to me, those are the people that I always reach out to um, because I think we will have healthier relationships in healthcare if we don't see anybody as less than and that they see that, oh, my gosh, yes, I heard it's Biomed Week. So, by gosh, here's what we're doing for you. Um, I think a lot of times, um, I, I just feel like a lot of my work is with new leaders and and leaders in departments that might be overlooked. And um, if you really have a strong relationship when you need them, they will be there for you. If it's an authentic relationship. If you only show up during their quote week during the year, they can kind of feel that that's not authentic. Um, and so I think one of the ways that I cultivate relationships is to try to always draw a circle bigger than the department that I'm in. Mm-hmm. So when you're a staff nurse, then I draw it bigger than the floor. 
If I am a leader, I drop bigger than my division. You know, I, I have several leaders in my division. It's always, to me, in my mind, I just visualize, make your circle bigger, and then that way you'll have the relationships, and they always always come through, not just for work. They're just there for you. When you have big events in your life, those are the people who, you know, will stop you in the hall and say, hey, how was that? Um, so healthy relationships, to me, is uh, something that we all just, it's about making time. Yeah, yeah. Make yeah. the time to get a good relationship. Well, that's how you create your circles of influence, right? Right, Yeah. exactly. To go back exactly. to what you said in the very beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and it's those deposits. Yeah. yeah. You're making yeah. deposits in the relationship bank. That's right. <laughs> so yeah. when you need a withdrawal, <laughs> there's something there, right? Absolutely. We talk a lot about the trust account and, and putting deposits and withdrawals yeah. from that trust account. Absolutely. Yeah. So important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, Tracy and I have been very concerned about the rising levels of burnout. We've been following the National Academy of Medicine's uh, work for the last few years. And um, their um, study that came out in October on taking action against burnout. And in that report, the number one recommendation or the first recommendation, but also in a lot of their webinars, it, it rises right to the top. And it is the need to create positive work environments um, and uh, to really, you know, foster professional well-being. So we were curious, um, you know, what your, your thoughts were on how we can shine a light and to deepen the awareness of the importance of investing in the work cultures, in the positive, to make the environments positive, to really foster professional well-being. So what are your thoughts on that? Um. At, at Carl, two years ago, for the very first time, we took a physician, provider uh, concerns about their well-being and um, the physician who was uh, kind of chartered with that responsibility, and I became a dyad because as the magnet director, of course, a lot of nurses issues would fall under uh, that area. And when I worked with this uh, physician for the last two years, of course, the one thing that was so painfully apparent is everyone has all their literature. It's the same issues and it's the same way. But where people miss it is, you know, we get caught up in semantics. It's burnout. Then it's compassion fatigue. And now it's COVID weary. You know, we can keep changing the terms. I'm not getting what I need to get from work anymore. And I'm seeing things and struggling with things to the point where I don't feel good. So I think the biggest thing we all have to do if we're serious about this is understand I can't make the environment better unless I agree that some of the underpinnings aren't there. And for a long time, people separated uh, healthcare burnout from issues in healthcare that weren't being resolved with staffing, equipment, all kinds of things. And because of that, people got a loss of trust. And, and I think it's so important if you're really engaged in, in building healthy relationships and getting people out of the COVID gloom, 
then I think the first thing you have to do is admit there are some things we're not able to give that we wish we could. Oh, my goodness. I wish there were 75 amazing critical care nurses that would just come in the front door today. I can't make that happen, but what can I do? And again, then I'm coming back to, do I really hear what they're saying? Because uh, Mona and I laugh a lot. Putting some potpourri in a basket doesn't cut. <laughs> it just, there are times when people try to put fluff on things, mm-hmm. when in reality, it is very much saying to another person, I absolutely feel your pain, and we are doing, you know, this and this. I I think sometimes in leadership, we hold back on information. Well, it's not done yet. Let them know you're working on it. Mm-hmm. Because if they don't know, they're going to assume you don't. So that piece of open communication is part of it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, time to breathe. A lot of a lot of people who I see who are very much uh, on the crispy end. A lot of times, I'll just say to them, "When's the last time you just took a breath?" You know. Yeah. I think one thing is, as leaders, I, I, one, I, a couple things. One, I think that when you work in a faith-based institution, it's, it's easier to convince people about um, <clears throat> supporting healthy relationships because it's always about the body, mind, and spirit. So that makes it a little bit easier, my environment. But I think, I think the other thing that's important is that as leaders, um, you don't approach it as if you have all the answers, because I think that if if they can always turn to you, you have all the answers, um, then you set yourself up. I think it's it's being vulnerable as a leader to say, I hear you and I don't know what the answer is. Let's think about that and let's talk about that. And what what can you contribute to this conversation? Because um, we're in the midst of it right now. Uh, people are bone tired. Um, they're they're spiritually, they're emotionally, they're physically tired, um, and they want this to be over with. We all get that. But guess what? It's I as a leader can't make it end. I would, and there's no end in sight as far as we know right now. We can't see it. Um, what we thought was going to be maybe a sprint turned into a long distance run, turned into a marathon, and now we're in the ultra marathon, and we didn't condition ourselves for that. <laughs> We weren't in shape for this. And so how do you keep going? How do you get that synergy and energy together? Because that's where you know that that the whole has got to be more than the sum of the parts. And we've got to get there together. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we weren't ready for this. No, we were not. <laughs> but we're learning a lot. <laughs> that's true. Right. We're learning a lot. And I guess another question is just in the midst of all that, and because people are bone tired and they're depleted spiritually, mentally, physically, right? All those things that you just mentioned. How is that impacting relationships in your organizations? Um, I think one of the things is that we've got to be, it's a self-awareness to know that we're that tired. I, I, you know, I went for a whole week and I swear the first sentence that started, that was out of my mouth the whole time was, you're not seeing my best self right now. You're not seeing, and then it just got to be, well, okay, but what do you need to do to show your best self? Because that's not helping anyone. I mean, but first it's just like, you showed your vulnerability. It's like, yeah, I, I'm tired, guys, and this isn't my best. So what, do you, what have you got to give me to help me through this? Um, and then I think that's, that's when we got all together. I think 
I think the only way that we're getting through this is to show each other some grace and to know we're not seeing each other at our best self. Yeah, those are wise words. I think uh, what it has, um, how it's impacted our organization, and I assume it would be the same every place, is that departments who routinely were not in the spotlight all of a sudden are. So uh, the person who greets you at the front door is now taking a temperature, um, taking names. But in the very beginning, this this person was the one who told you you can't go upstairs with your mom to critical care. This is not a professional who was trained in communication skills. And I, when I think of how it's impacted, I see kind of the departments that stay kind of below the water. The people know they're there to support it, but they just haven't seen them as very visible and um, as uh, you know, I never thought I'd be at meetings at the highest level and the head of logistics and purchasing would be at the table to talk about gloves mm-hmm. and needles and syringes. I just never thought I would see that. Um, and as Ramona knows, I'm, I'm working a great deal with environmental services now, which has been incredibly impactful to me uh, to see the actual person in the building who keeps COVID out. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're not doing the treatment protocol. They're not hanging the meds. They're keeping it out. And it's been interesting to see, and and it has been good, to see people recognize departments they've never noticed before. And also, as Ramona said, give them a little grace. Maybe that person in the entryway didn't handle it the best, but what training did they ever get, you know, for this? right. Um, so I think it's tested everyone. We all know that. But I would say that if you look at New York and 7 p.m. and everybody coming out on the uh, porches and balconies and banging pans and saying, you know, did you ever think you'd see that for frontline healthcare? care? Um, I think that, you know, the, the global shift on this is amazing. People now understand a little bit more about what healthcare really does for people. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But it's front and center, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. The good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. All the all the pimples are out there, I think. Which is good, right? It's good. Yeah. Because it's our reality. Exactly. And people need to be aware. Uh, because change doesn't happen until you you know, till you have awareness. That's right. As much as we need self awareness, we need right system awareness as well absolutely absolutely it's a polarity it It is is. (laughs) it is absolutely (laughs) well lastly we just thought uh our last question would be around hope right so we're all in this together and uh what gives each of you the greatest hope that healthy work environments and healthy work relationships that they are going to be prioritized and uh you know we all you know, have heard the phrase, the new normal, but, oh, what if the new normal was just awesome when it comes to relationships and being different than what we were um, before the pandemic? So is there anything that that is just giving you some hope right now that you can share with our listeners? Um, I think every single day in uh, community or ambulatory or acute care, you do see 
uh, moments of greatness um, between uh, the person receiving services, services and the person giving them. Um, but I will tell you what I have seen since March is that we don't take things for granted that we used to take for granted. Whether it be uh, what I just mentioned, another department, but to me, it's also once you close down your elective surgeries for four months, you never take for granted um, the importance of getting surgeries done on time. And then when you have a backlog of thousands of cases, you just see people who are who are tired, but they they just step up and say, come on, let's make this happen. It wasn't just seeing people not come into clinics. It was when the clinics opened up, seeing how our staff just stepped forward for them. And, um, you know, we have uh, people who are very emotional and afraid to come in a building now. And, my gosh, a hospital is a pretty scary place if you think about germs, right? Yeah. And it is amazing to me to see a transporter or someone um, who is not, quote, a professional, just the kindness they show uh, to people saying, oh, no, oh, ma'am, we clean this every single day. And we come through here every 30 minutes and check. You know, they're just giving this information. And I think that gives the person hope that this will, we are going to get through this. And But there is a, a measure of collegiality here that we can't deny. We will not get through this alone. Right. Absolutely. Right. Never. And so... I think for a lot of people who did pride themselves on being the Lone Ranger, um, that doesn't play anymore. It's going to take all of us. And to me, that's always helpful. And, of course, now the students are back. And when I see students, I always have hope because uh, they're so excited to be here and to see everything. And they make you remember the, the kind of the wonder of healthcare. Mm-hmm. I think what gives me the most hope is is the relationships and the stories that have been built during these times that it will be shared and will go down. Um, um, when our ED was closed, you know, not closed, but, you know, really um, did not have the volume that it used to have, our ED worker um, nurses were, were pulled to work on other floors. And boy, did they see a whole new wealth. <laughs> of that they had never seen, hadn't seen, because now, I mean, unlike when we first started, we didn't have that two years on the floor before you went to a specialty. Everyone's going to their specialty, and that's all that they know. This has broken down those barriers. It's put specialties together that never worked before. We had physical therapists that were part of our PPE team. They were the ones that were teaching nurses how to don and doff. Um, we had uh, pharmacists that were the ones going around um, doing teaching about um, the different aspects, something that they were way out of there. They were not in their um, their um, scope of practice at all. And it made a huge difference. They were the ones that were giving the voice of the CDC guidelines and going because we knew that we had to have someone around on the floor. And to see different people take on different challenges and get relationships in different ways um, and those stories that they're creating and the relationships that were built during those times is what has given me the the greatest hope because people have said it's been the hardest time but I've learned so much during this time and I've met people that I never would have met before this and that gives me great hope. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is great, you know. And what a what a time um the interprofessional stories that are emerging. Yes. 
Absolutely. have been remarkable. And I think um, there's going to be, I love what you said, that the stories and remembering this. And um, so I just really think there's going to be a lot for all of us to learn. And I do hope people write about it, talk about it, so that we can learn from it. Yes. You know? Yes. Well, everything happens for a reason. Yep. That's what I believe. <laughs> I think we're still figuring out what this reason is. But <laughs> I was going to say, I can't wait to hear what this reason is. <laughs> I know. I don't think we've got it yet, but uh, I hope someday we'll know. And, uh, you know, it's like a giant reset, I think. And, you know, healthcare has been struggling for many years, right? We've been trying to transform that that uh, system. And uh, the individuals in it are a significant part of that. And I think when we can work together differently, then there is great hope, right? When we can have strong relationships and and break down the barriers, like you said, and just step up when it's needed. And and I think that's the hallmark of clinicians anyway, right? They tend Mm -hmm. to all, they have that greater purpose, care for the patient, right? Care for the community. And and when it's needed, they're there. They are the heroes, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's great that there's been that recognition of the hard work and what's been happening. And for you as leaders, the other part of that is the leaders are lifting them up so they can do what they need to do. Yeah. Tracy and I have been, um, we think a lot about the leaders. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's like... Um, there's, you're such a critical part of the success of all of this, and there's a lot of focus on the clinicians, which there should be, and it's the leaders that have to hold so much of this now. Um, so, yeah, Godspeed. <laughs> That's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's just been so great to be with you. Yes. It's been wonderful. Yeah. 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 And I just, um, just to kind of some of my key takeaways is just really the power, the power of relationships. And um, it was really fun to kind of go back to the beginning of your story and celebrate, just celebrate how strong relationships can be over time. Right. And, and there's nuggets of wisdom in each one of those. So I just, I, I of course I resonated because of my relationship with Tracy. It's the same, it's the same thing. You know, we met in orientation and, well, we just can't seem to separate ourselves. <laughs> no, don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Why would you? No, 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 no. We don't want to. We don't want to. Well, and I think, too, a big takeaway from today's conversation, and I think something that, you know, we've been aware of for a long time, too, is, and you brought it up a couple of different times, is that awareness, right? Mm-hmm. That self-awareness. Uh, who am I? And right. who am I being in this relationship? And giving yourself some grace and cutting yourself some slack when, you know, when you have some, um, you know, challenges or you're not your best self, right? It's having somebody who also yes. will just hold yes. you up during those times, right? And yeah, I, I think that when you're, yeah, when you um, can be your vulnerable self and not be your perfect self and you see that someone loves you for that. That gives you all the confidence in the world to know that I'm worthy of love even when I am not the best or and sometimes at the worst that I can be. I'm still worthy of love. That's a powerful, a powerful lesson and a, a powerful relationship to be in. It is. And I think that's what I, that's what I have with Faith. She's seen me at my worst 
and she still loves me. And I think, gosh, if someone that cool can still love me, I must be pretty special too. <laughs> That's so. right. That's so. right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think it's that intention to be that other person, right? Mm-hmm. It takes great intention to be in that kind of a relationship. And, uh, and I think that's, that's what we've been talking about today, right? Uh, healthy mm-hmm. relationships, healthy organizations, they all take intention and, uh, without it, it, it won't happen. Right. Right. Absolutely. Is there any parting words you'd like to share with our listeners before we close? Um, the only thing I, I, I can, I can think to say is that, you know, 2020, when you think of polarity, I think 2020 is the hugest polarity of all, because it really has been the best of times in the, in the relationships and what you form. And it's through the worst of times. Cause it's now, ne- I've never had a harder year in my career, but I have never had a better year in my career. And that to me sums it up. And it's about that polarity. Mm-hmm. Well said. Yeah, we would agree. We would agree. (laughs) (laughs) And it brought us together. How about that? That's right. (laughs) That's right. And hopefully someday soon we can be together physically. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah. I'd love that. That will happen again. And we'll go shoe shopping, Ramona. Oh, Please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you two are the best. Oh, thank you so much. Yes. It was really a privilege. Thank you. All right. Well, You're take so care welcome. and we'll see you again someday. And uh, for all of our listeners out there, thank you for joining us. And um, remember, it's all about relationships. That's right. <laughs> Makes the world go around. That's right. Stay safe. Take care. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks, as always, for listening to Healthcare's Missing Logic podcast. We'd love to hear and answer your questions. If you have questions, you can email us at questions at missinglogic.com, and we may include your question in a future episode. You can find show notes and links at our website, www.missinglogic.com forward slash podcast. If you're the kind of leader who wants to help others, then share this podcast with your peers and other healthcare leaders. We're certain if you found value in it, they will too. Please share this on your social media channels and leave us a review in iTunes. If you don't know how to leave a review, you can find instructions on our website at www.missinglogic.com forward slash podcast.